are the voyages of the starship Therapies. Its continuing mission to explore strange inner worlds, to seek out new insights and new realizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Sir? Hmm? If I may ask, why are you tossing coins at the computer? She doesn't like that. I really don't. Oh, I'm sorry, computer. I'm just feeling sad about the Witcher. I'm tossing coins at his stupid, handsome face. Oh, yes, I see. I don't think it's appropriate to toss coins at the Witcher when he's in the bath, though. But this is when he's saving me. Okay, sir. Let's let's stop throwing coins at the computer and her display of mostly naked witchers. But he's going to go away now. Won't he need these coins to pay the ferryman and go across the river Styx? Uh, sir, you've really crossed over into the grieving multiverse, haven't you? I think we should probably just leave computer alone and talk to to the people who came to listen to the show. And, and grieve with us. Okay. Hi, friends at home. I'm Justine Maston, LMFT, writer, educator, and captain of this particular ship. Welcome aboard. And I'm Larissa Garski, LMFT, writer, researcher, Spockian first officer. And I'm, I'm really fucking bummed. Ugh. Just a reminder to the listeners at home that just because we are therapists does not mean that we are your therapists. Unless, of course, we are your therapists. This podcast is for the purposes of education and humor and is not intended to replace seeing your own therapist. Toss a coin to your witcher, oh valley of plenty, oh valley of plenty, oh. Toss a coin to your witcher, oh valley of plenty. Oh, well... Yep. Old friend, we were, uh, as you said before we started recording, we're already doing better than we did last season. You know, we sure are. <laughs> and it's important to give credit where credit is due. Last season was one app, and this one, we're on at least two. two. <laughs> at least two. Um, you know, the idea we had for this episode has changed a multitude of times, but we, we learned we're like wise. We're wise now. Wizened. Mm-hmm. Wizened. Who knows? Um, our our but, copy editor didn't like our use of Wizened in our book. He did not. Um, <laughs> more to come on that in just just some time here. But at least this time around, we didn't like promise the viewer, the listeners, anything. We didn't like say this is what we're going to talk about. No, no. We. I feel like we know ourselves better than that. We're like, hey, goodbye, yeah. and we'll see you next time, whenever and whatever that is. <laughs> that's yes and so here we are um i do want to just like name that we have set the intention Mm -hmm. of talking about the most recent season of stranger things yes uh, for this season for this season of our podcast not for Mm -hmm. today but like at some point we're going to talk about that and that's a for sure thing because i wasn't going to watch that season i was very obstinate about it 
and you were very patient. Oh, thank you. Um, and now I'm watching it, and I'm I'm like I'm probably like a a, a Marvel movies length of time away from finishing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Which that's means you great. have two episodes left. Yeah, well, like two episodes and a half because I there's like 40 minutes left of episode eight. Yeah. I have to be very careful when I watch them because they're very upsetting to my dog. Oh, <laughs> Merlin is very afraid of the sounds that are made by Vecna. Oh, this is Vecna scary. Yeah, yeah. So like he, I was watching it and he had just like had enough. <laughs> yeah, he's like it. Send that back into the upside down. That's right. No, thank you. So 40 minutes from ep eight. And then I want to say, isn't episode nine like a double header? Um, the, the final two episodes are, well, the penultimate episode is like an hour and a half. And then the final episode, I want to say, is like two hours, which I didn't realize as I was yeah. powering through them when they came out. And it was like one in the morning. And it, yeah. Uh, my partner came downstairs to use the restroom and mm-hmm. sees me still sitting on the couch watching Stranger Things. And he was like, are you coming to bed? Or <laughs> They're so long. And see, this is part of why I was sort of like upset. Upset. Like there were lots of layers to my upsetness, which we will mm-hmm. talk about more in the episode that's actually about Stranger Things. But there is mm-hmm. like a method to what I'm doing here, which is to say that like part of the barrier – the barrier for entry mm-hmm. for me to get into season four was that Netflix has done this thing where they're making the epi- they're trying to make the episodes longer on purpose because mm. it helps something with like the longer someone is listed as watching, the higher something is for their numbers. Oh, I would so have never thought about that because I assume neutral to positive intent on the part of all humans. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't when it's large corporations. I assume that they're doing things in a greedy, crafty way. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't for art. Maybe the Duffer brothers are out there saying it was for art. It wasn't for art. It was because that's what Netflix wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because Stranger Things is still one of their higher rated Netflix original series. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to another highly rated Netflix original series, The Witcher. Yeah, which uh, I, friends at home, am not at all caught up on. Um, But when the news hit the interwebs Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that Geralt of Rivia would no longer be played by super hot... Henry Cavill. I mean, the grimiest of Henry Cavill's, which is the best Mm -hmm, of Henry Cavill's. mm -hmm. That's true. That's totally true. And would now be played by Liam Hemsworth. I mean, he's not my least favorite Hemsworth. No, he might be my least favorite Hemsworth. Yeah. Because, I mean, I I love Chris Hemsworth and that other Hemsworth who's on Westworld. I always liked him. Oh, yeah. I always forget that he was on there. Mm Mm-hmm. Who was he on there? Um, he was, uh, spoilers for Friends at Home, if you're not caught up, he was one of the hosts who didn't know they were a host. He thought he was a security guard. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's and right. And he becomes Bernard's right hand in the, what is now the final fucking season, because we don't get another Westworld. Wow, I didn't know I was so mad about so many things. 
You are, though. And so, like, though we are going to be spending some time mourning The Witcher, we're also going to be spending mm-hmm. some time with our other show that starts with a W, Westworld. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, and in like, fitting sort of, like, mirror image fashion, I, I'm not – I'm up to date on The Witcher. I'm not up to date on Westworld. But when I saw that it was going to be canceled, mm. I – I, I was surprised by how upset I was. I, I mm-hmm. Like, my upsetness about The Witcher made sense. And it was like, I found out the morning of the last day of my first module of IFS level one training. And I love the way you phrased that. It made it sound like Gandalf at, uh, <laughs> at Hell's Deep. How, You're like, yes. on the, the dawn of the fourth day, look to the east. <laughs> <That's>, listen, <laughs> for those of you out there listeners who have done level one IFS training, you know how just emotionally gutting mm-hmm. that experience is. I had like decent preparation because you'd done it and you mm-hmm. tried to let me know. And I have an IFS therapist and she also tried to let me know. <laughs> but you can only do so much emotional preparation before you get into the thing. Right. And let me tell you, the last time that I had cried that hard for that many days in a row was when dear, dearly beloved Marinem shuffled off this mortal coil. Mm, the beloved puppy. The beloved puppy. And and just all through this IFS training, I am just weeping. People in my cohort, I need to respect everyone's confidentiality, but like people were showing up and they were just, they were being very honest. Yeah, which is what you want in that setting. And also it's so much. It's just very immersive. It's very immersive. As the trainers kept saying, you know, this is experiential. <laughs> That's what I say to my students all the time. <laughs> They'd be like, remember everyone, this is an experiential training. Make sure you're taking care of your your minds and bodies. And, and you can't you can't see me right now, <laughs> listeners, but like there are these certain hand gestures that they do. Yes, which Lurus is fully doing. <laughs> hand goes to head for mine. <laughs> Hand goes to heart for body. (laughs) And so, like, yeah, the dawn of the fourth morning. (laughs) And I'm walking around. I'm just trying to, like, get myself together. Just, Just prepare. Just trying to gather my parts, inviting everyone in. My managers, by the fourth day, like, I've visually inside, they were all down on the ground. They were so tired. (laughs) And so I remember I was like shuffling down the hall and I shuffled into the bathroom. I think I was going to try to like brush my teeth. Mm -hmm. And then my partner, who's also our producer, when he encounters a piece of, uh, of shocking news, he does this thing that like still to this very day, we've been together for, for 12 beautiful years, Mm -hmm. shocks me to my very core because he will do this like loud, sort of like shriek of laughter. Oh no. And sometimes when he does it it's because the news is like like hilarious to him and sometimes he does it cuz the news is is terrifying and sometimes cuz it's really painful. I never know. Oh no, it's like the Joker. It is. I just know it's going to be really intense and so he's in the kitchen, he lets out this like banshee of a shriek. Mm. I turned I turned from my toothpaste to toothbrush. <laughs> And he says, Henry Cavill is leaving The Witcher. And I was like, oh, you mean the show's ending. Right. And he says, no, 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 no. They're, they're continuing. <laughs> and at that point, my, my, my system fully broke apart. 
because I was like, this is this is clearly so much more than I can bear emotionally. This is this is too much. You yeah. did you let him get out the words Liam Hemsworth? I think so because like when when my system broke, I I just I couldn't move and I couldn't say any more things. And so Brian thought that that meant that he, I wanted to hear more. Oh yeah, you know, which I I get I get why that was how we interpreted it. Um, but really what was happening for me inside was I was like, no more, no, no, no more, more words, <laughs> no more feelings, no more sad things, no more. But yes, when I then learned it was Liam Hemsworth, I, it was like someone took a uh, pink Himalayan salt <laughs> and just, 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 just got the grinder out. I, I'm yes. glad it's a high quality salt. Yeah, I don't know why my my parts went with Himalayan pink salt, but that was that was what I felt like because like I think and especially when I went and of course at once I once I could like move my limbs again, I went and I read <laughs> Henry's Instagram post. Oh, I never did that. Oh, it I mean, I'm I can't recommend it. Is it sad? It's so or, sad. Oh no. It's so sad and you can tell that he's like really trying. And I had a dream about Henry Cavill last night. Oh, is, is this safe for work? It sure is, because it ties directly into this episode, but we'll we'll get there in, <laughs> okay. in, in a minute or so. <laughs> but like, I think Emily and Pinksaw came to me as I'm telling the story because I hadn't read the Instagram post, but once I got to it, I was like, oh God, Henry's trying to let us down easy. Mm. Like, he's... Yeah, he's trying yeah. to do some emotional labor. He's trying to be kind. He's trying to be kind and he's trying, he's trying to raise young Liam up. He's trying to hold him up like Simba. Uh. Which fun fact, did you know that The Lion King, the film that we've all seen, Mm -hmm. was not supposed to be like that? They made, you know, like the opening credits of The Lion King proper? Sure. That's so emotional. And yes, and amazing. And like all the yeah. animals are there and they're doing their real life animal things. Yeah. That was from the original Lion King, which they made two thirds of. Oh. And they made that after because they sent all their animators to the African mm-hmm. continent and everyone was just like overwhelmed and like problematic that a bunch of like largely probably white dude illustrators went like, yeah, yes. Be that as it may. We're acknowledging it. They came back. They were overwhelmed. And they made two-thirds of a film that was, like, mostly silent. It was not cutesy and fun. Mm. And the opening credits that we that exist today are the last – it's all that any of us have ever seen of this original Lion King. Wow. They got two-thirds of the way through, and Disney corporate was like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. This will not sell Lunchbox. Sure. Lunch boxes. This will not sell Happy Meals. I'm so upset. Mm-hmm. I can't even like my my verbal abilities are like glitching out. This will not sell the Happy Meals, friends. Mm-hmm. This will not sell the cute T-shirts. This is your art, and that's cool. But you need to take all that and throw it away. Sure, because art doesn't belong here at Disney. I know. Mm. Yeah, and we're and we'll circle back to Disney later. I've got sure bones will. to pick with them. We sure do. But I say all this to say that, like, corporations are wrecking our planet, and they're also wrecking and pillaging <laughs> the collective unconscious, right? Because yes, they're taking they're all pillagers. This, they're pillagers. And we, and, like, f- folks who are creators and artists that work for them, they, you know, they're trying to make it out here. 
and mm-hmm. late stage capitalism. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have a lot of choices. But the artistic integrity is just utterly being lost. Mm-hmm. And all we get are these like little sad kernels. Like the opening credits of The Lion King. Or like season one of The Witcher with Henry Cavill. Which made me fall in love with Henry Cavill. I didn't like Henry Cavill before this. No, you could have like, you could have placed that in my home. And I'd have been like, (laughs) hello, conventionally attractive but boring salt cracker man. Right. But but now now. I'm like, hello. (laughs) Right? Now I think he's so cute and and funny and he's a nerd and he likes video games and he like built his own computer. He has an amazing gym dog. Oh, and he he likes to make D&D miniatures or He does. He does. Now I like know these I'm like invested in what I know of the human Henry Cavill. Sure. I don't actually know him, but like mm-hmm. I feel so invested of what I do know about the human Henry Cavill and very invested in his version of Geralt. Mm-hmm. And Part of the power of Henry Cavill's Geralt is that, like, Henry really does imbue his love for the story, his love for the fandom into that character. Mm -hmm. Like, he cannot be replaced. And, you know, once I pick myself up off my bathroom floor. (laughs) (laughs) You're just, I just picture you covered in toothpaste. Like, it was one of those things where you started putting on your toothbrush, but then it went up your arm and on your face. <laughs> and then you just laid down on the floor and you gave up. Can you, can you imagine? And then I just dragged myself to my computer to <laughs> plop myself down to begin the fourth day of IMS training. And everyone was like, what's happening? And you were like, Geralt! <laughs> I and know. They're, they're not big nerds there at IFS about anything other than... IFS. About anything other than IFS. And so it didn't really feel like a safe space to like bring bring mm-hmm. that sadness. Um mm-hmm. but but certainly that was the sadness that I was feeling for the for the rest of, of the day and then on and off mm-hmm. for now these many weeks. Um because it'd be one thing if if Henry's version of Geralt had had come to some sort of natural end. You know? Sure, 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 sure. Like it'd be one thing if it was like way, 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 way hundreds of years ago back in the day when like you know Mm -hmm. humanity was kicking it very differently and if you were part of some sort of like artistic troupe Mm -hmm. there was real like collaboration and agency and voice which henry doesn't have here i don't think any of those actors really have here um and so he can either like stay and it, it does seem like based on like the information that has come out that he was like pretty unhappy there yeah, well, it sounds like they weren't being true to the story that he wanted to tell. Right. Which, yeah, I get that. You actually, you know the source material, and you feel really connected to this character, which is what we want, and why he was fucking yeah. good at it. So good at it. And mm-hmm. it would be one thing if he was leaving, and it was like, his iteration of Geralt ends, we mm-hmm. give it some time. And this is where, like, I'm really reaching, and and I have to be honest, I'm not quite there. But I was really trying to get there, probably because of IFS training and highest self and all mm-hmm. of that. I was like, yeah, and 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 Henry's good, and maybe in a couple of years, and then Liam's could Liam's. Mm-mm. I don't know. No, that's not, I, I never. That's not I never what I'm got grabbing there. for. No, no. And, and I see what you're saying. Like, it's it's very that would be a Doctor Who type vibe. Right? Sure, like, or like, yeah, or like a Legend of Zelda type vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And 
what it makes me think of um, is soap opera. And oh you, my god, you're right, right? Because I don't. Yes. Did you watch soaps? I feel like you did. Oh my god, I loved. I lived for soaps. I was a sickly child, and <laughs> and you know, after a while, my parents were like, "We can't stay home with you, and your grandmother's tired, so just work it out." Okay, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, th- this gets so much press now, which I mean makes sense, obviously, because the way we watch television is so different than the way we used to watch television. True. Um, but soap opera is still very much this way, the couple yeah. that are still on the air. Because soaps have such long runs, like decades and decades and decades long. And you work the, the work hours? Ugh. Yeah. Well, and, you know, people get picked up out of soaps. Mm-hmm. Right. And if, if you, friend at home, are not a soap opera watcher, never have been, you're like, where are they going? Soaps change characters actors of characters all the time all the and time. there's and there's like no hubaloo about it no, it'll just one of, be one of, one of my favorite soaps passions oh you like fashion so did you, spike yeah I, lo- I know and i was like wow spike you and me you're my passion for life um but like one of the sisters mm-hmm. literally I, I think like every season someone different played her mm-hmm yeah. And it's, I, I think only one time, maybe twice, did I witness this, mm. that you turn on the soap and literally there's just a voiceover that says, the character of right. Allison will, be na- will now be played by Joyce Weathers. <laughs> and they just go. God, like, do you think they're going to do that with Liam? The character <laughs> of Geralt will now be played by Liam Hemsworth, right. made famous by being Miley Cyrus's husband. <laughs> I forgot about You know, that. a few of you may recall him from playing the lesser the lesser love interest <laughs> in the Hunger Games movies. <laughs> like, it's sad. I feel bad for Liam. Like, before all this happened, and I, I want to get back to, like, feeling, you know, he's, he's a human out there walking the earth. Yeah. But, I like, I don't hate him as a person. I don't know. I mean, I, I have to be honest. I do. I did have a part of me that, like, when this happened, definitely felt mm. a lot of hate. Okay. An ire. And then when I went on Instagram and read Henry's post, I was like, oh, there are other people mm-hmm. where their like fiery parts are are leading and posting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm. so understandable. And also I'm like, God, Henry's probably already going through a hard time. And and Liam, if Miley Cyrus's musical catalog is to be believed, <laughs> does seem to have a drug problem. Oh. Okay. I'm like, he as a human doesn't need this. And yet, like, what what do we do? Where do we go with this, mm-hmm. like, collective fandom grief that we have? Because we're all, I mean, we're so upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are so upset. And and we didn't agree to this. Like, when you sign on to watch no. a soap opera. That's a good point. You yes. are, mm-hmm. you don't realize mm-hmm. it initially. But after it happens a couple times, you're like, oh. Oh, this is the deal here. This is what I've this is what I've signed on for. And the thing with soaps is, I mean, tell me, people at home, if this is your experience. But most people come into them decades after they've been on the air. So you're, yes. you know, I don't know too yes. many people who watched the first episode of Guiding Light forty something years ago. 
I'm sure they're out there. That was my favorite soap. But like the I also the first, liked Guiding Light. Yeah, the first couple of weeks you're watching, you're just figuring out who goes with who and what goes with what. Mm-hmm. And, blah, 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 mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, all right, I see how this is. Yeah, and I'm going to keep watching. So I'm signing up for this. I'm co-signing the way this works. One of my favorite things about soaps is that like characters can say can stay in the same scene for months, months. and months and months. Like yes. I have this memory that's like very hazy because I had a very high fever at the time of watching <laughs> then Kelly Ripa and her husband Mark Consuelos because oh they met God. and fell in love yes, on a soap. Did. And like there's this scene with them on like a beach at nighttime and they were on that beach at nighttime. For such a long, like, long enough time where, like, I got sick, got better, went back to school, la 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 la, and then I'm sick again, and I'm sitting at home on the sofa, and I'm like, oh my god, they're still on the beach. (laughs) That's kind of what I loved about it, is it moves so slowly Mm -hmm. that you can never, like, miss too much. Oh god, no, that's such a great point. Mm -hmm. Right? And one of the reasons that they switch up actors is they just decide... That even though it's only been one day, we mm-hmm. don't want this kid to be a kid anymore. Also, they're not because it's right. been four years. So we're just going to age them up and say nothing about it. That's right. That's what we're going to do. That's yep. what we're going to do. You know mm-hmm. what? Little Joey was in diapers in what? In chronological time. <laughs> <laughs> this did happen to the children all the time and then suddenly it's like giant joey's here yep and it's like oh joey's got a girlfriend okay okay here it is right. careful with the keys joey right <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. but that's not how henry cavill as Geralt was no. was pitched to us this was like a major starring vehicle for this man mm-hmm and it was huge and it was giant and he was going to be in it to win it. And Netflix was like, this was going to be our Game of Thrones and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I look back on that and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I should no. never have believed them. Oh, okay. Because that was, you know, that, that's all a song and dance to try and take our money. Mm. They don't care. They don't care about Geralt or Roach or like any of it. Like they're just out there trying to make money. They're just suits. They're people walking around in suits. Mm-hmm. And even if like, you know, they do care a little bit, mm-hmm. they have they have a over-resourced brain damage. Like Rucker Bregman talks about in a humankind of hopeful history. I think you're going to need to explain that for the people at home. Sure. No, that's fair. Um because so... they don't have access to our book yet. It's only available for pre-sale. Now friends, it's time for us to tell you about our fabulous new book, The Grieving Therapist. Caring for yourself and your clients when it feels like the end of the world. Yes. And in just the, and I do this like every time here, friends, like every time Justine and I have written a book chapter, did this for our last book, did this for like now this, our Mm -hmm. newest book. I do so much research. I buy so many books. I read so many things. I, I do have a part that has awareness that like I overdo it. I'm glad you have that part. Yes. Um, But it's so great. It does, though, mean, and I'm at this phase right now, or like I'm at a place right now where I'm like, oh, I just don't even show me a book. Mm. Mm -hmm. Which is a weird feeling, but it is because like I'm I'm looking around my office and podcasting studio and bedroom. (laughs) It is all those things. And workout area. That's right, friends. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is a classic multi-purpose one-bedroom apartment here in the Windy City. Um, and I, I have like stacks of books that I I ordered and read for the grieving mm. See, this is why I want to get an e-reader. I have too many yeah. physical books. It's true. And I have even more in the in the e-reader. But at any rate, our book is coming out. It, I do think it's going to be really great. And it is, it has like joy and whimsy like you would expect from us, even mm. as we invite you to sit with like a hell of a lot of pain and grief about the fate of our world and trying mm-hmm. to move through a pandemic. Um, but as part of the prep for this book, or yes, I read another book, which is called Humankind, <laughs> A Hopeful History mm-hmm. by Rutger Bregman. And I know I talked about it in some, one of our podcasts. And if I remember which one, I'll link it in the liner notes. Okay. Um, but basically, this book is all about trying to reconceptualize and reperceive the history of humanity. Oh. From the perspective of what if what if we didn't take the leading hypothesis of humans are innately evil? What if we took all that Christian dogma? And I would say throw it out, but Rucker would be like, what if we just set it aside? Okay, where are we putting it? He's, we're just going to set it right here. <laughs> and we're going to ignore it. And the sideboard, and the sideboard next to the cheese that's ripening. <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it in the preface. And like like God bless Rutger, but he has he he writes so many prefaces and prologues. Um, I don't know if it's like a Dutch thing okay. that we have all these sort of like preambles. We have to have a couple preambles before the book proper starts, and mm-hmm. that's where we acknowledge what's in the sideboard: the ripening cheese and the you know okay. Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> I interest you in a nice sharp Stilton or some Christianity? <laughs> Maybe a little bit of both. And I would say no thank you to both. Unfortunately, I don't do dairy anymore, but I do love no. a Stilton. How about a nice Ritz cracker then, Justine? <laughs> it's dry and it'll just taste like sand in your mouth and it'll remind you of our native people, the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, we originated from the sands. Yeah. Um, Wander through the desert. Yeah. yeah right. Where right. From. Yeah. Um, just in case any of the listeners were like, what's happening here? Where are we going? <laughs> so he takes the premise of like, not even just neutrality, but hopefulness. This idea that like, actually human beings are hardwired to be emotionally sensitive and caring. I believe that. And we want to do good. Mm-hmm. I believe that too. And we will lie to ourselves and do terrible things and hide those terrible things from ourselves because we want to do good so badly. Oh, that part's hard. It is hard. And it really ties into IFS. Like, you know, when you have those more managerial or supervisory parts that are trying to keep Mm -hmm. hard feelings, hard memories away from the central self or the consciousness. Sure, because the, those messages or those mm-hmm. actions would contradict our belief that we are essentially good. Right. And our desire to embody that and be that as we move through the world. Mm-hmm. And in one of the chapters, he talks about how um, when that the human mind doesn't respond well to a bunch of things, and that all falls under the umbrella of modernity. Basically, uh, right, basically, his thesis is like this modern world that we've built, mm-hmm. it's killing us. Yeah. Both literally and spiritually and emotionally. Because mm-hmm. it's separating us from each other. It makes it harder for us to tap into the compassion that motivates like, like the healing power of connection. Mm-hmm. 
And it also really allows for an extreme amount of resource hoarding like never before. So like bags and bags of money, Scrooge McDuck style. Okay. And, you know, and and he cites a bunch of research that does seem to indicate that having having a bunch of money, mm-hmm. being in a position where you're just like like sitting on top of all the resources, it starts to erode your brain's ability to think coherently. Oh, so this is why Elon Musk is fucking up so bad with Twitter. And it starts to erode your impulse control. It does negative things to executive functioning. He, like, draws the parallel, if my memory is accurate, um, of, like, prolonged, um, like, traumatic brain injuries. They're not prolonged. It's just, like, traumatic brain injuries that you see in, like, football players that, like, the ways that messes up their brain Mm -hmm. is very similar to the way, like, people who are in the one percents, the way their brains show up on wow. scans. Wow, so it's like encephalopathy, mm-hmm. but instead of alcohol, you're full of gold. And yeah. it's making you unwell. It's making you unwell. Huh. It's limiting your ability to have empathy, have compassion. It's limiting your ability to connect with yourself, connect with others. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so that would be an argument against making money. I would like to make some, though. Right. Some some is good for us. Um, <laughs> please buy our book. <laughs> but like, right, please buy our book. We do need some money. Um, <laughs> the night is dark and full of terrors for all of us. Um, but like, it, what it reminds me of, and this is ironic coming from me, this person who really hates musicals, but it reminds me of this scene in Hello, Dolly, when you she talks about- fucking <laughs> love Hello, Dolly. There, I could do. place- the like what are objectively the best musicals in, at your feet and you're like pish posh get that away from me but fucking yes. hello dolly you're yes. like and you have you've placed the best that musical theater has to offer and i'm like this sucks ew where's barnaby where's barnaby and cornelius right anyway there's this scene <laughs> where dolly levi of the title talks about how Money, pardon the expression, is like manure. Mm. It's not worth anything unless it's being moved around, helping small things to grow. Mm-hmm. And that really does seem to be true, you know, both metaphorically and literally for the human brain. Mm. If, you just, if you just cover yourself in manure, mm-hmm. i.e. money, you're going to be really unpleasant to be around. Sure, nobody likes that. I mean, except for um, my Pomeranians. They love when the neighbors put manure in their garden. Sure. So, you know, maybe a Pomeranian will really like it. Maybe that's my – do rich people have Pomeranians? Something to research. They they do. That's probably why, you know. Pomeranians (laughs) are amongst the few who can stand them because they're covered in metaphorical manure. They're covered in money. And they're just like – they're rotting from the outside in. Oh, but that only smells good to dogs yeah yeah Mm. and so this brings us back to netflix and the suits like you know they even if they like the witcher they got their their brains are covered in manure Mm. well and this okay so this is interesting Mm -hmm. 
someone's brain is covered in manure. Like some, sure. some a bunch per- of someone's, yes. A bunch of someone's, like particular suit type someone's. Because there are plenty of like small little uh, go-getter, have no manure people that work at Netflix. That's right. And they really need those people because they're the ones with brains and energy to do things. Oh, okay. like capitalism is the worst because it's built on exploitation. Oh, this is why we can't have nice things. Well, I mean, we can, but they're hard to keep. Mm. This is sad. It is sad. I do think this is part of why, like, we love fan fiction and why you have always loved fan fiction, Justine, because mm-hmm. fan fiction is, it's, it's all, it's a bunch of humans who don't have a lot of manure, arguably don't have nearly enough manure, <laughs> and, but their brains are functioning great, Yeah, which ties into the second part of, like, Rutger's point in his book, mm-hmm. which is that, like, human beings seem to thrive. We seem to be at our best mm-hmm. when things are awful in our environment. It really does inspire. Oh, oh, this is an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of um, many of my clients because I work with a lot of creatives. Yes, you do. And there's, uh, there's a big fear that comes up mm-hmm. for these folks when we talk about healing, um, especially when we talk about going on antidepressant medication. Yep. Because it's like, well, but if I change right. or this situation changes, will I still be as talented an artist? And you're kind of saying you will be just don't fly too close to the sun with those wax wings. Yeah. <laughs> or do and fall and then be miserable and then you can make amazing things out of that experience of misery well but that's like really proving your point and proving their fear so i'm not quite saying that what am i saying i'm saying that like the good news and this is right out of Rutgers book as well <laughs> is that you can't make life easy mm-hmm. even in this our modern age when there's so much convenience life is backbreakingly painful and hard at times. Mm-hmm. Even if we take the pain out, it's still hard. It's still challenging. And like Rucker's point is like, that's actually really great for us. We need challenge. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, think about it in terms of like training and muscle building. You need resistance. You need weight. Mm-hmm. As spoken by someone who works out with a personal trainer. That's right. <laughs> and so what, what like, what we can say to our creative clients is mm-hmm. there's still going to be resistance in your life. Going on antidepressants just helps give you the supports you need to actually meet that resistance. Mm -hmm. Right. Because otherwise, the weight is too heavy. You literally cannot lift it. Yes. You literally cannot get stronger. Yes. And that, I think, is really the crux, in my opinion, of what's wrong with capitalism is that it doesn't actually support people Mm. in facing the challenges, the resistances of life, it makes it worse. It would be like I'm laying down and I'm trying to lift up, Mm -hmm. right? Trying to do a bench press. And all of a sudden, Tyler, who's our trainer, he's amazing. uh, Like, like, if he he were to just like sit on top Mm -hmm. of the bar, I'm like mid lift and he just sits on it. No, you know what he does sometimes? Because I I work out with him in person and Larissa does virtually. Virtually. He... 
um, as part of the dynamic training that we do. He, if I am lifting something like doing a bench press and he wants to see if I can do more weight before he puts more weight on it, he will press down on it. Yes. To see he will. how much he can press down on it. <laughs> That's true. But like you talk about it, like consent is involved. He's checking in, making sure mm-hmm. it's okay. Capitalism doesn't do any of that shit. It's just like, bam. Mm. Or, or it's you have no weights on anything. And you're surrounded by people being like, you're so strong. You're so amazing. Elon, what a good job. Uh, I mean, I do love praise. I, I love some praise, but I want praise that I earned, that I feel like I earned. Well, and that feels like genuine and authentic, not that feels like a bunch of sycophants. Right. Maybe a couple sycophants. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful honesty. <laughs> Very brief aside, um, uh, Larissa and I will be um, at LA Comic Con, which we I can will. announce. It's very exciting. Um, and uh, our coordinator wasn't sure if they were going to be able to get um, Larissa's name in because she had joined a little bit later. And I told True. the coordinator, I was like, Larissa's not going to care. She's not an egomaniac <laughs> like I am. And legit, there was just like no response for a while. And I, it's as if I could see that person sitting at their computer going, is she serious? I don't know what to say. Well, and I get that like they didn't know that because they don't know you that well. Um, But like, and truly this is one of, I think, the, the many, many wonderful things about you is that you know yourself. And you know that knowing yourself is never done. Mm, it's like cute when he says to Jean-Luc Picard at the end of Next Gen, mm-hmm. the trial never ends. You're never done. Mm-hmm. You're never done being with your parts and being with your system and like going back in your unconscious and being mm-hmm. like, wow, that dream is really something. Um, and like even, even the times where like I've witnessed you go kicking and screaming, you always go. You know, you always go down the journey of like, let me sit with myself and learn this thing I need to learn. Mm -hmm. I fucking hate that I have to learn this thing, (laughs) but I'm definitely not going to not learn it. I'm so mad right now. (laughs) (laughs) And I I took us on a a small train away, but actually I like where this went because it led us to a spot that I did want to get to. Oh, good. Where are we now? Which, uh, it's something that I've been talking about with my students recently. Oh. Um, and the, this comes from the, the postmodern family of family therapy yes. approaches. Mm-hmm. Using the language of transformation mm. rather than the language of chain. Oh, interesting. Please say more. Yeah, the... That the concept of change, the word change, has all of this baggage and confusion, and we fight against it. We tend not to fight against the concept of transformation. Mm. Right? When we think about the caterpillar transforming into the moth. Sure. It is becoming what it was always meant to be. That is something that is so interesting about human consciousness. We're such weird, weird little creatures. (laughs) 
And I'm certain it's a combination of of having co-written this book with you and also going through two years of like the first two years of the pandemic where just like I had so much time mm-hmm. to just sit and think yeah. and really to just like really think about like why in the world are we like this? Mm-hmm. Like why do we have such a hang up on that like we like transformation because it says that like I'm always I was always meant to be this thing that I'm now becoming. Mm-hmm. Change is okay if I was always supposed to be this. Right, right, right. It would be bad if I was supposed to be this other thing and then I turned into that other like something mm-hmm. else. Right? We can't have that. Yeah. Our consciousness starts to split in two. Mm-hmm. But if I was always meant to be a therapist, then it's okay that I never turned out to be a fiction writer. Right. right, right. And spoiler alert, friends at home, like, I actually don't, I I certainly have a part that is like, yeah, that's true. And I have another part that's like, no, it's not. Because like, if our environment had had been different, we would not have been a therapist. We would have become a fiction writer. Well, and uh, you and I still have a plan to write some fiction. That's true. But I guess what I mean is like, I, I had like a different idea when I was from the time I was really young of like mm-hmm. what I was going to be. Oh, and same. S- right? Like we yeah. really have this in common. Like mm-hmm. we did not as tiny humans I wasn't be a therapist. That wasn't on my no. radar. No. No, 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 no. I'm going to be a star, baby. Name and lights. <sighs> and Scrooge McDuckin, all the money in my basement. <laughs> Jazz hands. Jazz yes. hands. Fonzie. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all those things like within you that made you want to do that you use mm-hmm. as as a therapist and as a teacher and as a mm-hmm. presenter and it's wonderful and it's amazing but you could have been a star I am a star but that and but that's what I mean about yeah. like this is why we're weird <laughs> as humans as humans our consciousness is such yeah. that we're like but I am a star and like you're right you are mm-hmm. and also you're not the thing that you thought you were going to be. No, I'm not a rocket. No, you're not a rocket. Mm-hmm. No, the water in central Pennsylvania made sure of that. Mm-hmm. And this is where grief is so important because mm-hmm. grief is how we get to transformation. It is the sad, sad bridge we got to walk over. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is, I mean, this is the power of fan fiction. Yeah. Is we, we can circle all the way back to Geralt. We sure can. And we can decide that Henry Cavill's always going to be our witcher. Yeah. No matter what canon says. Mm-hmm. And because I'm being offered change. I'm being offered the change of witchers. When you said that, I just thought of coins. I was like, oh, you're being offered coins by a new witcher. Leah Hemsworth is jauntily walking towards you. With a little and- change purse. <laughs> We love change first. <laughs> and he's like, tis I, I'm Geralt. And you're like, no, thank you. No, thank you. I I see you offering me change from your change purse. And I say, no, thank you. What I'm going to do instead is transform this narrative that I have been handed into something that I more authentically believe is true. Yeah. It is my truth. It is maybe not. Again, this is something I've been talking about with my students. Right. Is the difference between what is capital T truth and what is little t truth. Wow. You really haven't gone there with your students. Right. I've been digging this semester. Um. (laughs) You have seemed much, much happier 
than I am used to seeing you in the fall, I must say. Like, there's still sadness, but, like, it's it's not – I mean, certainly it's not what the last couple of years have been because those were just awful. <laughs> they don't, they don't they were, count. They were the march to Mount Dune, <laughs> but like prior to those to that march. <laughs> yeah, I really, I think that teaching in the fall has really been helping with the with the winter blues. Also, it's been mm-hmm. like unseasonably warm here in Minnesota. Sure, that's part of it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's so, you know, you know, it's not a, exactly apples to apples, but you know, capital T truth. In our world, there are so few things that are capital T true. Like, the sky is blue, grass is green, sometimes. I'm looking out my window, only a little bit of green grass, a lot of brown grass. Um, You know, gravity. Ah, that's right. Most of the things we take to be truths are little t truths. Sure. You know? Oh, that's really lovely. Like, being a woman means this. Mm -hmm. Having a body means that. Mm -hmm. Being the witcher. Right. Means you toss a coin. Um. (laughs) Well, it means that, like, it means that you are on a well-funded giant production. Mm -hmm. And we all can sit down together and watch you be the Witcher. And here's the thing. That is really fun. Um, But if that's all, if that's all that being and loving the Witcher is to us. I think then we we lose the transformative power of story. And we don't have to sell ourselves short in that way. Like, we're certainly, I mean, Netflix is working very, very hard to sell us a bill of goods. Mm-hmm. But we don't have to buy. We can toss our coin to somebody else. Yeah, right. And we can, and we can cosplay, and we can write mm-hmm. fanfic, and mm-hmm. we can keep loving the Witcher that we love. I mean, the yeah, the example that comes to my mind whenever I think about shit like this is Twin Peaks. Because if you're a longtime listener, you know that Twin Peaks was my first fandom. Yes. And I'm just struggling because like, I do feel like you, you find a way to bring Twin Peaks in, (laughs) you know, into episodes where I'm like, surely Twin Peaks won't, won't fit here. And you're like, oh, contraire, my tall friend. (laughs) I'm sorry, but have you met my first fandom attachment? Exactly. <laughs> Allow me to present Allow me Agent to, Dale Cooper. Allow me to bring Agent Dale Cooper into the conversation. Kyle mm-hmm. McLaughlin has joined the chat. Uh, because there there were only two seasons. And it got That's canceled. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was, this This was my first fandom. This was my first exposure to something like this happening. Something that I really yeah. cared about. A yeah. A world, a story, a person that I really cared about just fucking getting dropped. Yeah. And I found a way to transform that story into what it is in my life. Yeah. And then when season three came along 25 years later, I tried. Yeah. I tried. I was like, okay, all right. Let's see. Let's see Mm -hmm. what you're bringing me. And... What they were bringing me was, like, it felt like, and friends at home, if you loved it, absolutely no shade. This is just my experience. Because I know that uh, Kyle Rebar, who composed our theme song, loved season three. Oh, that's real sweet. And And that's nice for him that he got to have that piece of art. mm -hmm. Yep. He and his wife, they they do a cosplay of uh, 
uh, Janie, E, and Doug. Um, <laughs> Delightful. But anyway, when it yeah. came around, I was like, no, thank you, because I already transformed this. Yeah. Don't offer me change when I've already created transformation. That works in so many ways for this episode. And I love it. And I'm here for it. And really, the only thing, well, I have lots of things to offer. The the (laughs) first thing I'm going to offer is, and we get to be mad and sad and upset and feel all the feelings. And friends at home, I would invite us to be mindful about where we take that anger and how we express that anger. Mm -hmm. Because though I... I cannot really, I'm not at a place where I can wish Liam Hemsworth well in this role. Uh, no, no. Oh, in this role? No. In this role. Like, Like, I I wish him, like, well as a person. And that's what I'm inviting (laughs) us to do. That, like, Like, we can wish him well as a person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, loving kindness that, like, you know, it it seems like it's hard. He's got a lot of manure all over him. And Miley left him. And it seems like they they had some real love. Mm -hmm. Um. And so, like, yeah, I wish him well, this man who's half covered and in manure. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm not going to embrace him mm-hmm. as the Witcher. He is, he's not my Witcher. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Just like the the Kyle McLaughlins that they brought me mm. in season three of Twin Peaks were not Agent Dale Cooper. No, and I love that you brought this up now, even though I was sort of like gently chiding you about it, because, right, (laughs) because like that Dale Cooper was played by, you know, the original person who portrayed him. Mm -hmm. But that, that wasn't yours. Well, that wasn't my agent. No. And so I said, no, thank you. And, you know, really, and I think this is certainly part of why, like, my socialist part gets so worked up about these sorts of issues is Mm -hmm. that, like, I would be so down with like living in a world where just like people were constantly making their, their, they were like telling their version of a particular fandom, you know, like if you like turned on your screen and there were like 25 different versions of The Witcher. That would be awesome. I mean, that's like, that's like logging on to archive of our own, but. It is, but yeah. like if we were if we were funding and supporting that, sure. if it wasn't like owned and hoarded by Disney, who's just like buying everything, you know, oh like they're, they're what buying did they just the buy Doctor tales. Who? <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like yeah. corporations shouldn't be able to own these things; they're stories. They belong to all of us. Like mm-hmm. it would it would be so wonderful to have all these different versions and different kinds mm-hmm. of Witchers. Mm-hmm. And Batmans, and then finally we could get a gay Batman. Mm. And you know, like today, folks, and we might spend some more time on this in another episode. And now we're going to see can Larissa get through this without weeping? Let's find out. Um, but Kevin Conroy just died. He died today, the day of our yeah, the day we're recording, yeah. the day that we're recording. Um, and I was re-reminded, I was, as I was reading his, you know, one of the many obituaries, but the one I was reading is in Polygon, mm-hmm. um, that he was a gay man. Yeah. I know. It's and not talked about that much. No, it's not. And Batman was, was in many ways gay. Mm-hmm. And Kevin never got to fully play gay Batman. Yeah. 
And wouldn't it have been lovely if he could have? And wouldn't it be lovely if like someone got to? Mm-hmm. And it got to be like big and bold and 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 beautiful. Like I like that's what I want to see on some version of Netflix, right? Like I. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Okay, I don't know how we would do this. We'd need a lot of funding. <laughs> but it's like the fan a lot of manure would network. need to go into this, right? FFN. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And. You know, I've I've been talking about change and transformation. The thing about fan fiction, what makes it so that you can't sue people who write fanfic, generally Mm. speaking, is because it falls under a a clause called transformative works. That's right. That's right. I mean, that's how I got away with uh, all that fan fiction yoga I did for a decade. That's true. These are good points. These are good points. Right? So would someone please fund our transformation station? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean you you would love this. I think I think many parts of you would love this. I don't I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> what, run the transformation station? Yeah, I don't know if I could do that. Okay. I mean, I don't know that I want to run the transformation station. No. But that that's like part of the world that I want to live in, mm-hmm. where we are enabling, we're really in a system that enables that kind of transformation. Mm-hmm. We're not doing another Beauty and the Beast that's shot by shot, the cartoon original. Did I live that as a young person? I sure did. Someone on a screen was reading a book. Yeah, I I heard something recently that I hadn't thought of because because mm. my brain automatically fanfics instead of automatically critiques the way yours does. That's true. Um, I think it was another podcast I was listening to that the reason Disney keeps making live action adaptations is so they don't lose their copyright on those stories. Oh, yeah, that yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I thought they were just out of ideas. (laughs) But no, I mean, I think that's part of it, too. But yeah, they just they just want to keep God, they're just eating their own manure now. Mm hmm. Oh, it can be better, friends, you can take a shower. Mm-hmm. And you doesn't can, it feel nice to be clean? It feel right. You can just like get all clean. Oh, but you know what that makes me think of? Hmm. You know when you're really depressed and like the hardest thing you can possibly do is take a shower. Yeah, that's what it's like when you have over-resourced brain damage, when you have money brain damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hardest thing for Elon to do would be to retire. Mm. Right. Right? Which, I Yes. And I think about that all the time. Fun fact about me, friends, I watch the Kardashians, the new Hulu show. I do not understand this part of you at all. N- no, it's fun. Um, I mean, like, it's like fun that you're just like, what in the literal fuck, Larissa? Um, maybe we'll talk about that in some episode. But I bring it up because part of my fascination. No, you wouldn't have to watch it. Okay. You, you would like interview me about it or something. Okay, we, great. We'd yeah. figure out a bit. I have a line. But, like, <laughs> We could do like Starship Therapies after dark. We could both get a little drunk and then you'd interview <laughs> me about me watching the Kardashians. No, but part of the reason, one of the aspects of it that fascinates me mm-hmm. is exactly what I'm talking about. We're like, this family, they're good. <laughs> they don't need to work any. They could mm-hmm. stop. Yeah. The machine stops. They could just stop. And 
you know, some of it's lies, but I feel like I can tell that like for some of the sisters, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You're miserable. You don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. They literally don't know how to stop. Yeah. Like every episode, a couple of them are like, if only I had more time with my kid. If only I could do this. If only I could do that. And I'm always like, you could, baby. <laughs> literally could. You literally could. You're not like the rest of us out here just trying to escape to you scrape together three pieces of dung. Like you, you're covered in manure. <laughs> you can retire. You don't have to work anymore. Oh, yeah. But that's, I mean, I, it kept bothering me. Why won't Tom Brady retire? Right? He's lost his, his, his wife, who's an amazing witch. And it does seem like her spells helped him win, which is a fun fact that I recently learned. I but did not know that, me. but that's for another time. That's for another time, yeah. Um, but like, that's beside the point here. Like, he clearly loved this woman. Oh yeah, and she, and it seems like clearly we're not in their lives, but it right. seems like Giselle was there. You go. Was like, hey, I already make more money than you. We already yeah. have all of it. Yeah. You're old. You've what been hit doing? in the head many times. So many times. You that's could, part of why he's having a hard time letting go. He's got brain damage. You could stop. I mean, he might have literal brain damage. But also, yeah. I was like, why can't this man let go? Does he? Yeah. He doesn't know how to be home with his wife. He doesn't know no. how to be with his children. Or, or with himself. Mm. You know? That man has some exiled parts. Mm-hmm. And he's afraid to sit, sit alone with them. Yeah. So, I mean... I, go live your best witchy life, Giselle. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish that for her. And I, I don't know. I guess I wish Tom Brady would. He'll have to retire eventually. And then he'll be a sportscaster for Fox. And it just, it seems like he's on that road. That road yeah. that only mm-hmm. ends in profound unhappiness. Mm-hmm. But more manure. But more manure. Yeah, because after a certain point, that manure is not going to make you happy. This manure grows no crops. like truly i am so proud of how we have this we've just kept going with this metaphor it's so fertile (laughs) let the record show that was your pun that's right okay so before we wind down it is time to wind down or as we're winding down yes i actually have for you friends friends at home um this is the final jewel. Oh, okay. That we're going to offer you from for this evening. I picture it as being blue sapphire. Oh. But you picture it however you like. Did you know blue sapphire is my favorite? No, but I do love that. Okay. I love that I just like plucked it out of your mm-hmm. like consciousness and here it is, a blue sapphire. Mm-hmm. Um, so last night I had a dream. Ooh. And in this dream I was on a beach. And I am like, With I used Mark to. Consuelos? No. <laughs> no, it was daytime. Mark was not there. Kelly um, <laughs> Ripa. Neither of them were there. Um, they were like sunbathing <laughs> up the way. But um, <clears throat> dang it, where was I going with this? I'm Ooh, so here sorry. it is. Okay. So I. I have, I'm like semi-lucid in my dreams Mm. on the regular because when I was very, very young, I had terrible, terrible nightmares Mm. for most of my childhood. If you know me, you're like, yeah, that tracks, Larissa. 
Um, but my way of coping with them was I eventually taught myself, first I taught myself how to like wake myself up. Mm. Well, no, that came later. First I had to teach myself how to tell if I was in a dream. Sure. And then from there, I could figure out how to wake myself up. So like sometimes if I'm in a dream and it just feels like really weird, I'll start to do that. And for some reason, being on a beach, I was like, hmm, I don't know about this. And so I was, I woke myself or like I became loose enough to be like, oh yeah, I think this is a dream. So I'm on the beach and I'm like running. And maybe that was why I did it because I, I can't really run outside anymore because of yeah. asthma. Um, and then all of a sudden, I hear behind me the dulcet tones of one Henry Cavill. Oh. And he's running with his beautiful dog. Oh. And I remember I stopped running and I was like, okay, this is my moment to talk to Henry Cavill. And I was like, you know, this is going to be weird. And I always feel weird and so overwhelmed by approaching celebrities. But I really think I want to do this because mm -hmm. he's a nerd and I'm a nerd and we both really love Geralt. And I think if I could just keep it together, that I could convey this message to him. <laughs> yeah. And so in the dream, I like turn around and there's Henry with his dog. And I like take a deep breath and I walk over. And I like explain to him that I'm a therapist and I, I stutter mm -hmm. a little bit because I'm very nervous. And yeah. then I take a deep breath and he's like, oh, wow, you do such important work. And in the dream, I was like, Henry really means this. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, and I just want to let you know. And I was like, I know that you're leaving The Witcher and like it, it is really sad. But like I want you to know that like your tenure as The Witcher meant so much to me. Oh. And to my clients. Mm -hmm. And then we both started to cry. Oh my goodness. And, and he was like, he was like, oh, he was like, it means so much to hear that, Larissa. He was like, I want you to know. He was like, please tell your clients this was such a hard decision for me. Oh. And I really wrestled with it. And he was like, but I just had to do it. It's just, and then he was like, I can't go into the details. And I was like, it's okay, Henry, you don't have to. <laughs> I was like, you don't have to, Henry, I trust you. And he was like, but you know. He was like, I, sh I, I should tell you this. You don't have to watch season three if you don't want to. It's, it's, not, it's not great. Oh. And it's not what you and everyone else deserves. And, he was, and then he was, like, th he was like, I want, he was, then he was like, thank you so much for sharing this with me. And then I was like, thank you, Henry. Thank you for sharing your version of Garrett with all of us. Oh, my goodness. And then I woke up and I was like, oh, my God. Did I just meet Henry Cavill in the, in the dreamscape? Oh, in the dreaming. That's yeah. Sandman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You did. You met Henry Cavill in The Dreaming. Yeah. Which is so, basically the collective unconscious. Yeah. Right. Which is basically the collective unconscious. So I, it brought me a lot of comfort. And I, you know, my mm -hmm. skeptical parts, I was like, yeah, you guys could get caught up in whether it's real or not. But emotionally, it is. And that's enough. Right, right. This doesn't need to be capital T true because it's lower T true, and that's, that's true right. for you. Mm -hmm. And I offer that lowercase truth to all of you. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you did. And I'm so glad you didn't tell me this before because I got to experience it like uh, for the first time. Aw, me too. I didn't do that on purpose, but I'm so glad I did that. It was like a surprise, and you love surprises. I love surprises. <laughs> you love surprises. And it's my birthday soon. It is! Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friend. Let's let's take us home. Okay. Um, I gotta turn to my other screen. That fair. Totally fair. All right. Um, what did we talk about today? Wow, what um so much. We talked about the Sandman 
<laughs> very, very briefly. But <laughs> we talked a lot about Humankind, a hopeful history, Rucker Bregman's book. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with Rucker Hauer. That's right. Um, we talked a lot about fanfic and mm-hmm. fandom attachment. Um, we obviously talked a lot about internal family systems. Mm-hmm. Twin Peaks. Um, and the, you know, the gift that keeps on giving. Hello, Dolly. <laughs> that will never not be hilarious to me. Um, uh-huh. Yes. And um, y'all also got a big heaping spoonful of um, postmodern family therapy theory. That's right. And you got to experience the very beginning. And there's going to be so much more conversation from us about our brand new book. forthcoming summer 2023 a beach read if you will (laughs) if you're going to the beach with kelly ripa and mark consuelos and maybe running into henry cavill and his dog Mm -hmm. then you know what you need as a companion the grieving therapist a signed copy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right friends we may be at the helm of this ship but we know who really keeps us running thank you to ensign kyle rebar who composed our theme song Thank you to Lieutenant Catherine Mandicat Duthie, who designed our beautiful cover art. And finally, thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens. Look out for coins being tossed at you in the bath. (laughs) Be Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the very best way that you can support our podcast is to subscribe, rate, and especially review us on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends. Just a reminder, even though we've been talking about the new book, we still have our, quote, old book, Starship Therapies, <laughs> Using Therapeutic Fan Fiction to Rewrite Your Life, which makes a delightful holiday gift. So order some and spread the joy this holiday season. And our book, The Grieving Therapist, Caring for Yourself and Your Clients When It Feels Like the End of the World, is available for pre-sale. So you can grab that wherever you buy books. Um, If you want to check it out, you can also go to the Penguin Random House main website, and they link you to all sorts of different places to buy the book. Isn't that nice of them? It so is. get yourself a future gift. I always, I, I love to pre-order because... A book magically arrives when I had forgotten that I ordered it. And that's just uh, uh, every day, once a day, give yourself a present. That- that's right. From Agent Dale Cooper. And friends, you probably know this from like other author folks that you you know or follow. Mm-hmm. It it really does matter. The pre-sale numbers really do matter. <laughs> so if you could throw some manure our way, that would be great. We really aren't asking for a lot. Just some potting soil. That's right. To get us started. Uh, um, and if you give yourself this future gift, you'll thank you. And as always, friends, live, live long, long and, and prosper. prosper.